The Boston Bruins made a minor trade on uh, Tuesday evening and going to be talking to Allison Lucan about the Seattle Kraken, who the Bruins are playing tomorrow night uh, on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. So let's get into it. You're Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube. So please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, uh, listen, and enjoy. Now, the Bruins, of course, are in Seattle to take on uh, the Kraken, their first visit to the NHL's newest arena. Uh, and in order to tee that up, I'm very pleased to be joined on the podcast today by Allison Lucan. Hi, Allison. Hey, Ian. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name uh, correctly. There, it's all good. Yes, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, Allison, for those of you who I don't know why you wouldn't be following her, but uh, for those of you who aren't or aren't familiar, she, uh, for my money, is one of the smartest hockey people uh, that I can <laughs> I can think of. Someone I've been following on Twitter, their uh, work for quite some time. Uh, previously, covering mostly the Columbus Blue Jackets and now the Seattle Kraken. Uh, whenever I have someone on the podcast, I always love to ask kind of how you got into hockey in the first place. Uh, so how did that all come about, Allison? Yeah, I'm a later in life um, hockey person. When I was growing up, I lived in central Ohio. There was not hockey here. <laughs> there was not hockey around us. Um, we did skate and my dad had played high school hockey. So I knew what it was and was aware of it, um, but didn't really become an avid follower of hockey until I was living in Washington, D.C. Um, and obviously the Caps oh, yeah. were there. And um, long story short, life brought me back to central Ohio at that time. And the Blue Jackets were here and looked to just get into a sport different than college football, which kind of runs the yeah, world right. um, and, and just fell in love. And it's that's that's how it started. And it's been a great ride ever since. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I want to talk to you about your Columbus Blue Jackets expertise here in a moment when I uh, talk about Nick Foligno. But first of all, Seattle Kraken, uh, you know, we kind of have a bit of a precedent in terms of expansion teams in this new NHL era in the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, not quite as a successful debut for Seattle. Um, can you quickly explain kind of what hasn't been working? Is it as simple as these highly touted goalies that they brought in haven't performed up to what they expected or are there deeper issues uh, with Seattle that uh, kind of have made the Kraken kind of uh, yeah stumble here in their inaugural season. 
Yeah, you know, if, it's funny. I think that, and Columbus was an expansion team as well back in right, 2000. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that if we if we all check ourselves, the Vegas story is amazing and awesome and so cool, but it really is the outlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Vegas expected to do what they did that first sure. year. So, so I think that Seattle truly is just more in line with what the expansion experience is all about. Right. Um, and, you know, the goaltending, I think, is where the results really have hit them the hardest. If you look at the scoreline, the record, um, we all know we've been around so many different teams that do different things. If they had maybe gotten some better goaltending those first 10 to 15 games, mm-hmm. it's very possible that this whole season looks completely different for this group. Right. Um, but, you know, when you're a team that's looking to create an identity and create chemistry, um, like many teams, this group was hit um, significantly by COVID, um, kind of in waves. And so I think that when, you, when you're trying to bring in what are established players, remember, these are not rookies. These are not new guys learning from for the first time. They all came from systems that they were intimately familiar with. Great. And you're trying to break those habits, form a new group, and pieces are always moving, and goaltending wasn't exactly where they wanted it to be. I think those are some of the issues that this group has had to face this year. Right, right. That's interesting. I've talked a lot on here about uh, Linus Allmark jumping from the Sabres to the Bruins and how there was a bit of a, yeah, some growing pains there and takes some time to get used to a new city, a new system. And then you multiply that by a whole roster, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense, certainly. And I mean, I grew up in Ottawa. I was around when the Senators were an expansion team. And compared to uh, that team, Seattle is, yeah, much better than <laughs> exactly you know, that team for sure. They were, they were abysmal. Um, one of the – there's quite a few kind of Bruins ties <laughs> with this team. Uh, Jay Leach, uh, an assistant coach. Uh, Jeremy Lozon was part of the expansion draft. Uh, starting there, how a lot of Bruins fans were kind of bemoaning that loss, uh, young, promising defenseman. How has he fared so far in his time with with Seattle? Yeah, you know, Jeremy Lausanne has been one of the the more um, significant fixtures. Um, you know, again, that blue line has moved a little bit in terms of who's permanently there. Um, both because of coaching decisions and illness and injury, which we all know happens in the season. Right. Um, but Jeremy Lozon has been one of the bigger players to, to hold a spot, primarily partnering with Adam Larson. Um, you know, I think, and with full marks to Jeremy Lozon, I think so much of what he was able to do in Boston is attributable to his partner there as well, right? right? A very yes. talented player. Um, so, you know, there's there's a little bit more struggle, um, but again, that is happening for a lot of players on Seattle. And um, Seattle is a little bit more defensive um, mm-hmm. in nature, up and down the lineup and in s- their systems. So we're not seeing as much tilting of the ice offensively or offensive play happening. Um, and, you know, I think that Lausanne is also maybe getting used to big minutes with this group, um, mm-hmm. you know, some lapses, some untimely penalties, things like that. But as of right now, he seems to be someone that the coaches like to keep in the lineup as much as possible. Okay. Uh, very cool. Before we move on, just a quick word about bet online. Football might be over, but basketball, hockey are in full steam. And uh, you can get all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, even odds on when the next coach is going to be fired at betonline.net the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Uh, Head to their website today, use your mobile device, 
to learn more about the trends and action at betonline.net, where the game starts. Uh, speaking of, uh, yeah, some Bruins ties with Seattle, Jay Leach, uh, Providence Bruins, uh, former Providence Bruins head coach. Uh, he's an assistant with the Kraken. Um, first of all, did that, do you think his presence played a role in uh, Ron Francis signing Ryan Donato prior to the beginning of the season? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not privy to those conversations, but I would have to imagine that obviously, um, out, particularly outside of the expansion draft, right, mm-hmm. is that um, coaches are maybe consulted if it's a player they know. I mean, that's what we all do is, hey, right. you, you know this guy. What do you think of him? Is he this? Is he what we think he is? In addition to talking to scouting, in addition to looking at analytical information, in addition to looking at salary and all of these kinds of things. Um, so it's possible. Um, but I can say that uh, Leachy uh, is yeah. definitely very well liked um, mm, in yes. the room. The guys rave about him. And, you know, we already talked about the the effort behind trying to build chemistry. I think that that familiarity, um, both with individuals, human to human, but also in terms of coaching style and maybe some systems things has been helpful for some of these guys as, as they have come over and joined the team. Right. And I guess uh, the same can be maybe said of, a guy like Carson Kuhlman, who has claimed off waivers. I know he's only played, I think, a handful of games. I don't think he scored yet for Seattle, but has he, um, yeah, how has he been looking so far? A lot of Bruins fans missing him as well. I wasn't super high on him. I know he's got speed. He can shoot pretty well, but he didn't really seem to be a guy who could, you know, consistently score 10, 15 goals at the NHL level. What's uh, what's your kind of assessment on him so far in his limited time? Yeah, it's been um, unfortunate in that he was he was claimed um, by Seattle right before Seattle came out there to Boston the first mm-hmm, time right. um, and then gets hurt in the game yes. right before Boston. Um, and he's out for for some time now. It does seem he's more week to week. Mm, um, okay. So, you know, I think that uh, as you described him, I mean, he's he's as advertised. I really like the guy, um, a big energy guy. And I think he was he did not look out of place and he didn't look to be negatively affecting the lineup when he was in. I'm disappointed. We haven't been able to see more of him to get a true read. Um, But I liked what I saw and, and I, I hope he feels, I I just, I was like, Oh, when he went down right before the Boston game. Um, But you know, it, it, we'll see what he can bring um, if he's able to get back this season. Right now. uh, I mentioned uh, before that you, covered uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets extensively before Seattle. And, of course, Nick Foligno was captain of the Blue Jackets for quite some time. Uh, signed by the Bruins this past offseason. He's kind of been in and out of the lineup with injuries. Uh, he's only scored one goal. Uh, some Bruins fans are kind of saying maybe it's a kind of a David Backus 2.0 situation. Um what you know of Nick Foligno and where he is now, do you think he can still be uh, an offensive contributor? Is he more of a kind of a de facto leader in the, in the locker room? What does he still have left in the tank? Do you think? Yeah. You know, I, I big, I'm a big Nick Foligno fan. Let's just mm-hmm. say that first and foremost, particularly yep. as a human, um, which yes. at the end of the day yeah. matters the most. For sure. Um, but, you know, he's he's an interesting player because I don't think he fits. You know, you just outlined, is he offensive? What is he? Um, I think he's a little bit different, and it takes watching him and, and digging into some of his numbers to understand that he's kind of this unique guy. When he was in Columbus, 
he could slot in any line. Mm -hmm. So he has attributes that he can kind of provide glue. He can play with high skill players and be the gritty guy that um, creates that physical presence and challenge to give the skill guys space. Mm -hmm. He has some skill. He will crash the net. He is aggressive defensively. He's a very strong two-way player. Um, not the fastest guy in the world, but not everybody is. That's okay. Um, but, you know, I think that that's what makes, makes him really interesting is that he is so sneakily good defensively and has that sandpaper to his game that he's he's a good complement to any line. Now, that being said, um, age comes for us all, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I know he also dealt with some back issues that kept him out when he was in Toronto after right. the trade last season. So um, I don't think he's injury prone. I don't think he's go- he's on that kind of a trail from the little that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if there's something lingering, particularly, and it happens in the season, it's really hard to get rid of that in right. a season. Um, and, and I hope he, he can return to form. He's not going to be a huge goal scorer. I mean, one is not <laughs> great, but right, right. he's not your big point producer. But um, when he's healthy, he is really able to contribute in very sneakily ways that make right. everyone around him better. Yeah, I mean, he's he's certainly a likable guy off the ice. Definitely rooting for him to find uh, find a spot on the lineup. I think that's part of it, too. He's been kind of, like you said, he can play up and down the lineup, but he hasn't really found consistent line mates in Boston. So I'm sure that's, that's an issue, uh, an issue as well. Now, I did want to ask you, I know you are big into uh, the advanced stats part of the game and quite knowledgeable in that area as well. And I've been kind of befuddled by this team for quite a while now, the Bruins specifically Uh, their first, you know, if you look at their uh, stats, five on five, they are top five when it comes to, Shot attempt differential, they're first in shot differential, second in expected goals, they're up there in high danger chances, uh, but five on five, they are dead last in the NHL in uh, shooting percentage. So my question is, is that indicative of um, just the fact that they have had extremely bad luck all season? Is it uh indicative of just having a lack of finishers um what would explain that kind of abnormality and having yeah elite numbers in all these categories but just unable to to kind of finish it and put the puck in the net yeah it's um it's a great question and Ian, you know, you've watched this team so much more closely than I but right. w- w- when I look at when I look at a situation like you just explained and, and things don't make sense. The first place most of us um, in the analytics community are going to look are is shooting percentage. Right. Um, and there can be more to it, to your point. It's not necessarily this is the end of the answer. Mm-hmm. But if the shooting percentage is abnormally low, and it is, um, that is just bad luck, unfortunately. You know, in, right. in the statistics community, there's this measure called PDO, which right. is save percentage plus shooting percentage. And it's, we will literally say that's your luck factor. That's, right. are, are you lucky or are you unlucky? Um, and, you know, the thing that we're all supposed to hold on to is that when you're that unlucky, eventually you're going to get lucky, right. <laughs> but you need it to happen sooner <laughs> rather than later. Um, but I think particularly with the quality numbers being so high, because volume is one thing of offense, right. but quality of offense is a really important factor. And if you're getting quality and volume, that is just a luck 
thing, unfortunately. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I guess the, with the differentials, it's the, the, the number that they're producing, but it also shows that they're also good at suppressing the opposition, right? hundred percent. Absolutely. And that's, see, Ian, you're a pro at this too, (laughs) you know, but yeah, that's exactly it. You want to look at how much are they creating and then do they always consistently have the advantage over their opponent, as you said, because it's either because they are creating so much more offense or because they are suppressing. It can be one or the other. And the reason we look at these numbers, I always like to remind people of this. The reason we look at these numbers is these are the numbers that we have put through some mathematical exercises to statistics that they're proven to be relevant. They're proven to be predictive. So that's why we look at these. There's tons of numbers we can look at that are fun. We just Mm -hmm. don't know if they really predict outcomes. Right. These do. That's why we look at them. Well, it looks like uh, both Boston and Seattle are bottom five in terms of PDO at five on five. So (laughs) whose luck is going to change tomorrow night? I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, One more question for you before I let you go. Uh, Obviously, we're less than a month away from the trade deadline. Uh, Do you think Seattle is going to be fairly active uh, prior to the trade deadline? Yeah, you know, I think that they have to be and any team in this situation would would be smart to look at what they can Mm -hmm. maybe turn around and what the added factor and everyone knows this, but the added factor for Seattle is with just one draft under their belts, they don't even have a complete um, uh, development stream yet of of prospects. So they really need picks to continue to build not just the quality of that pipeline, but the overall sheer volume of players they can count on. They're sharing an AHL team this year because they don't have enough bodies. So um, if there are players that are valuable and that they can get appropriate value for, I think that Ron Francis will be listening. It'll be interesting to see um, who he holds on to. You know, we talked about Mm -hmm. Ryan Donato has been very valuable to this franchise. Jared McCann, tremendously valuable. Um, So I think maybe do you think he's a candidate as well? Yeah, you know, I do. And I think, but you know, there's factors there too. Mark Giordano gets a say. And right. where he gets to go. And again, the return has to be worth it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I think Ron Francis is going to answer any call, but I think he's going to be smart in terms of making sure he gets something worthwhile for what he's giving up, particularly if it is not a UFA player. Right. Um, and I think he will also want to be thoughtful, and he will be, um, about who is important to keep because you're not just going to get rid of everybody and start all over again. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Going back to how we started the conversation with all these new faces struggling to kind of find their identity, that, that makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, well, Allison, I can't thank you enough for, for taking some time to chat today and uh, where can people find you on Twitter and where can they find your crack uh, and coverage? Absolutely. Well, Ian, thank you so much. This is amazing. I'm so impressed with anyone who can do this day after day. Every time you post an episode, I'm like, he is a machine. I can't believe it. Um, but you can thank find you. me on Twitter at Allison L. Um, my written work is um, at the Kraken website, which is nhl.com slash Kraken. Um, and if you are ever in the Seattle area, when I'm on the broadcast, I'm on Route Northwest Network for game Very coverage. Cool. Well, uh, I'm I'm excited to. Well, I don't know how much of the game tomorrow night I'll actually be able to watch since it's a yeah. West Coast start, but uh, definitely interested to see how the Bruins fare in their first visit to Seattle. And uh, I thank you again for for taking some time, and uh, hopefully catch up uh, again soon. Thank you so much. I hope we All talk right. again soon. All right, take care, Allison.
Well, that uh, was so great. And I, uh, like I said, have been a admirer of Allison's work for quite some time and, and so glad that she was able to to jump on uh, on the podcast. Before we get to yesterday's uh, small trade, a quick word about Built Bar. Uh, this is a time of year that many people have given up on their New Year's resolutions, but Built Bar makes it easy to stick to them because it almost feels as if you are cheating a little bit, to be honest. Let me give you an example. Their puff bars are so amazing. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. It's not just a protein bar. It's also a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And um, if you dip them in hot chocolate, even better. Now, they're low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bar with these. They're even better, to be honest. The typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built bars around 130 calories, low sugar, low net carbs, high in protein. They're all about the taste at Built Bar. They make it delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for auto body parts for your car or truck or minivan, save time and money by using Rock Auto. Uh, They're a family-owned business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. I even ordered a gas cap for our old Honda Odyssey. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution for your auto parts needs. And while you're at their website, Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Uh, free and available on all podcast platforms. Uh, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get podcasts. Now there was uh, some excitement generated last night when it was announced that the Bruins had acquired a defenseman from the Arizona Coyotes, not Jacob Jickren, but Michael Callahan who is a six foot two, 200 pound defenseman who is currently the captain of the Providence Friars in the NCAA. He has appeared in 134 games for Providence, 13 goals, 53 assists with a plus 23 rating. He's 22 years old, born in Franklin, Mass. So the fact that he's a local guy, plays in the NCAA, that is Don Sweeney's music right there. He was drafted in the fifth round back in 2018 and the Bruins gave up a seventh round pick in 2024. Uh, Now the Coyotes moved him because it doesn't look like he was keen on signing his entry level contract with Arizona. Uh, So the Bruins have now the possibility of adding a 
another defensive prospect who, you know, solid in his own end, leadership qualities, and who's a local guy. So don't know if that will get uh, things rolling when it comes to future trades for the Bruins, but they do have one eye on the future here and uh, adding Michael Callahan from the Coyotes. The Bruins are in Seattle and will be practicing here at 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon in advance of tomorrow night's game. Get an idea then as to what the lines may look like, uh, who will be playing on the first line, etc. And we'll break that all down on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, I'll be joined by another Seattle-themed guest uh, who has been on the podcast before as a hint there, uh, but very uh, excited to chat with them. And that's pretty much it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. A big thank you again to Allison for jumping on the podcast. Do follow her and uh, read her work if you want to be a smarter hockey fan. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.